report lists a number of other reasons the director of national intelligence believes Russia is trying to foment discontent in the U.S. through RT, naming the network's coverage of third-party candidates in their positions, Occupy Wall Street, the surveillance state, which they put in scare quotes. I thought that was interesting. Uh, what they described as alleged Wall Street street greed, fracking, and its impact on public health that goes on and on. They also say it's a leading media uh, voice opposing Western intervention in the Syrian conflict. What do all of these stories have in common that the U.S. intel community would see simply covering them as fueling discontent? They all have in common the fact that they are all real issues that supersede party lines, Anya. I mean, so basically what this intelligence agencies are saying is that Russian meddling into our elections is covering an issue that both candidates support. Fracking. Are you kidding me? We're talking about real issues. You know, let's talk about what really foments discontent in this country. Half of Americans are living in poverty. Half of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Neoliberalism has ravaged the economic structure of this country. People are suffering. That's real. You're telling me that these people tuning into the news and seeing maybe a report on their reality is what cost the election? Come on. This is insane. I mean, what this report really is saying, Anya, is that telling the truth reporting on issues that affect Americans and their communities is the threat. And that is something that we need to be all pointing out because it is very, very damaging. That's what is interesting to me too, Abby, uh, specifically implementing or implicating that journalists are foreign agents or supporting the Russian agenda. I think the report said something like RT Hello everyone, welcome to Struggle Session. I'm Leslie the Third. I'm Jack Allison. I'm Jonathan Daniel Brown. And today we're joined by a very special guest, one of our biggest guests ever. Um, she is the host of Media Roots. Um, she is she has worked for uh, RT, Breaking the Set, uh, Telesaur, um, and she has also been recently named one of the foremost voices of the intellectual dark web. Uh, <laughs> In the New York Times by Barry Weiss, we are joined today, of course, by Abby Martin. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. Thanks for wow, coming that, on, That's Abby. great company you find yourself in. in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How come they didn't take a picture of you, like, standing, like, yeah, in front like, of, like, a tree in the desert yeah, or whatever? Like in a Beauty and the Beast forest or whatever. Well, well that was, the, that was the, the whole clincher with the article is that, uh, you know, these people are the, the, the uh, amazing, brilliant, you know, dark web people, the Jordan Petersons, the Sam Harris's. Yeah. But I, you know, I'm the one who's, who's offered a platform that's actually the dangerous one. So they're like, you know, people like Joe Rogan, these people are so brilliant. They have this forbidden knowledge, even though it's just like race science that's been debunked for decades. They're like, they have to go on places like Joe Rogan because they like can't get platforms, even though they have op-eds on every, you know, they're on every right. single news network. But then it's like, but people like Abby Martin are given platforms also, which is like horrible because she's like Alex Jones. And she basically conflated me with a, a moon landing truther. And I was that, like, that, wow, how amazing, Barry. It, yeah. It's really bizarre that the New York Times is doing this. I, you know, I guess the reporters are being accused of, of being too liberal, so the editorial staff has to be as right-wing as fucking possible. <laughs> it yeah. makes no – it makes – it's the this bizarre balance uh, of the company. is just becoming the, – the cognitive dissonance is just becoming too much. Like this is the paper of Barry Weiss, Brett Stevens, David Brooks – 
uh, Ross Douthat. I never get his name right. Uh, <laughs> this is not like a liberal paper. Yeah. These are, I mean, and while the reporters may have a liberal slant, what does it matter if the p- only people speaking their minds on the behalf of, of, of the gray lady are, are these fucking doofuses? It makes no sense. Well, dude, this Gaza stuff, and Barry Weiss yeah. is such a disgusting person. I mean, she spent mm-hmm. her entire formative years in college basically, like, smearing Palestine advocates. So I'm yeah, not and, surprised like, getting, like, professors why... fired and shit. Totally. And so her, the New York Times has been the most egregious out of, like, <laughs> all the papers. Like, it always is, you know, selling these military interventions. But good mm-hmm. God, I mean... How they explain these this massacre, mm-hmm. I, I just can't believe it. I mean, did you guys see the front page after the day that, you know, 62 people were gunned down in cold blood by snipers? The front page of the New York Times said, Israelis reflect, I hope that at least every bullet was justified. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Very damn, important. dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what's more important, you know, the fact of these dead people or like the fact that, you know, the people who they were killed on behalf of right. have a really good conscience about it. Well, <laughs> right, right. They, really, they really do hope that all those that they only killed the people who deserved it. I today, like, today, today, we we stand unified in hoping that not a single bullet was wasted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what it was. What's so bizarre about what's going on in ter- in terms of uh, how the, the pressure on American Jews over the past few weeks since the Gaza massacre to fall in line. Uh, is really really despicable. I mean, what when I was uh, God, all right, I'll get embarrassing. When I was seventeen, I I was invited, uh, you know, because I'm a Jewish kid from the valley. Uh, I was invited to like a conference at a hotel called Stand with Us, and and I went, and I was like, oh cool, like it was a bunch of other like Jewish college kids and like high school graduates, and we were like taken to like this, like to these, these seminars where we were taught how to argue pro-Israel positions uh, on very the campus. Normal. Yeah, and, <laughs> very, very normal. And like, it was like a, an excuse for us to really just like kind of party in hotel rooms and like fuck and stuff. But it it, it is really like insidious how, uh, how deep the propaganda goes to the point where like right-wing organizations are literally just like recruiting kids to train them how to like argue politics on behalf of a, a country that is uh, very much acting against our own interests and against the interests of Palestinian rights. It's 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 pretty despicable and it frustrates me because it took me years to to get all of that out of my system. You know, I've been uh you know, I have a lot of Israeli friends and uh what's really interesting is that this seems to be a moment that is actually shifting American Israelis as opposed to the usual like I just don't want to talk about it. Like right. there's, there's there's the doubling down and wearing the IDF shirt everywhere you go, which I've seen in the valley a few times, and it drives me crazy. And then there's just the I don't. It's bad. I hate Netanyahu. I hope he's gone. I just don't want to talk about it. The big fear that everybody has is like, well, where do you take you know half the you know like the older uh, the older Jews I talk to is like, well, where do you take half the world's Jews? They're all and they're when when so many of them are the descendants of refugees themselves because they're older and they are like. They still have that paranoia uh, of the 40s through the 60s, and they don't understand how much has changed, and, or they won't. And then uh, it's it's deeply, deeply frustrating because you can't even break through to your own friends and relatives on this. Yeah. And now this this has been a moment where it seems to be 
some cracks in the dam are, are starting well, to it, show. Well, it's almost, it's like, you know, even as it's hard, hard as the New York Times is trying, it's like kind of undeniable at this It's point. undeniable. It's 62 unarmed people. You when, can say like... gunning down like protesters, like it's it's hard to make the argument, you know? Right. I mean? Nurses, babies. Yeah. yeah. And Hamas, and the whole thing is like, well, Hamas took responsibility for them. Well, of course they do. They're a, they're a flailing political organization that needs martyrdom in order to stay afloat. Like, they anybody in a position of political weakness would go, oh, they died for our cause like no fucking shit they would say that and yet we go oh okay like of course they were all hamas then like what are you stupid like they're unarmed (laughs) right right well there's a couple things here that as in terms of where to put the jews i mean i mean no one has to go anywhere (laughs) you know what i mean it's like the fact that these settlements keep being built that's what's stunning to me because before i went to actually the west bank I thought there was a possibility for a two-state solution until you go there and you see the atomization, mm-hmm. the complete evisceration of the West Bank from these settlements. And, and under Trump, it has escalated tenfold, you guys. I mean, there is no second state left. There is no West Bank left. It's just a complete atomization of whatever land there was. So I think the choice is clear. I mean, I mean, it's inevitably going to become more fascistic as time goes on. And that's the nature of a settler colonial state and an apartheid, obviously, mm-hmm. system. And so I think that it, it, the answer is clear. And it's just how much more death and suffering are we going to endure before we have equal rights? I mean, there's even bills in the Knesset being trying to push from the progressives there who are saying we need to end this apartheid system. Otherwise, we're in for a really, um, you know, long road ahead. And, you know, you see people dropping like flies in terms of boycotting um, the the soccer match that was just canceled. You have Natalie Portman. I mean, things are getting mm-hmm. tough and it's the pressure is escalating. And you mentioned Stand With Us. I think that's really interesting because Stand With Us has been one of the premier attack fronts on me and really a lot of other people who dare to speak out against these things. And I found out that Stand With Us is essentially a de facto arm of the Israeli government. They were actually paid millions of dollars to, quote unquote, correct the record and to train um, people to essentially be in war rooms where you can, you know, whoever corrects the record the most on Wikipedia gets a hot air balloon ride in Tel Aviv. I mean, these are (laughs) things that are going on. And, you know, Palestinians don't have an, an apparatus like that online. And so you have to understand the public consciousness is changing rapidly if you have millions of people, or not millions of people, but millions of dollars funding people to actually be online, quote unquote, correcting the record. And you still see that that narrative slipping because, again, you cannot justify what's going on. No, I mean, there's just no way you can spin it at this point. It, it, it is there. It is so starkly clear that 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 uh, that the apartheid and the occupation is just completely out of control there is no there is no narrative that you you can create to justify killing 62 unarmed people in cold blood you can you, you can't say anything about military targets you can't say oh this school was next to a munition stockpile or this <laughs> government building was next to a training camp or there were tunnels here or they were launching rockets over here like there's just it's there's nothing it is and because it's so because there's no spin left uh, yeah, the public, the public is going to turn and it is already turning. I mean, look, I was late to this. It took me years and years and years to get comfortable with this because I'm surrounded, uh, by a lot of liberal Jews who like, you know, have Holocaust survivors in their family and they, 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 they don't necessarily, they, 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 they have sympathy for the Palestinians, but it only goes as far as the community will really let them. And 
It's 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 just very obvious now that I mean when you see things that that Apex sends liner notes to rabbis at synagogues and offers them shit in exchange for for you know talking the talk that uh, there's something wrong here. I mean, there's a reason why they call you know that phrase progressive, except for Palestine. I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. there's a reason. I mean, we, it took us years. It took me years. I, I I didn't even know what the hell Palestine was until I was 18 years old. I mean, that's yeah. that's how much of just one side, <laughs> you know, we're, yeah. we're given. So mm-hmm. it takes a long time to really gr- wrap your mind around this. Yeah, I, I I truly the only reason I even know about it is because I like knew a Palestinian kid in high school, and he's like, really? it's fucked up, and I was like. Hey, actually, it turns out it is fucked up. He's right about that. Yeah, hey. (laughs) I'm sorry. It also helps to see Palestinians as people to have, like, met a Palestinian person. Well, and before – I was just going to say really quickly, before that massacre actually – you know, and it was obviously ongoing for weeks and weeks. But but, um, something that a lot of people missed was that the morning of the IDF actually leveled the sand dunes and firebombed the medical tents in order to, I guess, um, you know, basically – kill more people and, and ensure that more people were going to die. I mean, Democracy Now! had an interview with one of the doctors who he said they were 19 medics in a unit and every single one of them was shot and targeted. They said they couldn't even like go into the field without bullets just coming straight toward them. And of course, one of his friends was inevitably killed that day um, be- right before Razan. We know the twenty-one-year-old. Yeah. Uh, the the attack medic. on medical workers Shocking. really makes me sick. So, and it's even worse because Razan was killed, I think, by an American Jew who joined. No, the no that was actually that that turned out Oh, that was fake news. Fake All right, cut yeah. that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> no, I fell for that shit too, man. It's that's yep. what's so tough. Like the, all this fake news is flooding out there, and then it just discredits obviously the Palestinian yep. cause because it's like, and then you know what I mean. And I fell prey to that too. But then I was like, wait, why would we know? Who killed them right. already? Because obviously that's going to come out way later. Right. Yeah. It, 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 God, it's just, it's super gross. And, you know, it's, it, it's interesting because now that we are at this turning point, I'm, I'm starting to see a, a much louder presence from, from young Jews who are like, there's a group called If Not Now that I really like that's been, that's been, a that's, they, they got themselves arrested in front of the, uh, the uh, the Jewish Federation in LA uh, a few weeks ago, they, and and they're primarily they're primarily American and young Israeli American Jews who are just like fucking enough, and like that's it's going to uh, it's going to take that it's, it's going to take, take that it yeah is. yeah it is because we are we if you're involved in the Jewish community like like I was at a young age like th- this stuff is the propaganda is second nature you don't consider it separate from your traditional education. It's just that, oh, hey, like, you know, I'm at, I'm at Jewish summer camp and someone, you know, like there's a group of Israeli soldiers here for the weekend or stuff like that. It's very small, you know, like, oh, these are other kids like us. It's just that they know how to use machine guns. It's, it's, (laughs) (laughs) it's just so surreal to me that Americans would leave, uproot their lives in Boston and New Jersey. I mean, Netanyahu was one of them, you know, he's from Philly. And then just to go over and, and and I'm not talking about the people who, who live within Israel proper. I'm talking about the people who actually go and literally move on top of an, an, an Arab village. And I'm There's, just like, mm-hmm. what in the absolute fuck is going on? Oh, the settlements. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, why do you want that? Yeah, it's like, it what are like you it doing? Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you're living on, you, you know, the settlements are, I mean, you're living on someone else's land. Nobody wants you there. 
And then like the and it's dusty and fucked up, and it doesn't seem like there's good infrastructure and stuff. Like not only that, but but the secular Israeli population in like the Tel Aviv, which is you know as as liberal as it's going to get, they all resent you because they're they're sending their fucking kids to die for your your ass. You know, so like I that's what I don't understand. Where is, is is the Israeli left being silenced? Where is there an Israeli left at all? Like left of the center left? What's going on? So so to answer i think that a lot look it's really hard i think to be a born israeli and to become anti-zionist because you're not only rejecting i mean you're rejecting literally your entire identity your country your nationality i mean that must be really really difficult so i think there's very few actual anti-zionist israelis as far as the left it is small for a very good reason i mean you're pushed out of the society because the kibbutzes were crushed. Yeah. Exactly. The kibbutzes were crushed, which is so fascinating that it started off as the socialist project. Labor Zionism. turned into like a fascist, like apartheid state. I mean, it's just so insane, the trajectory of, of what's happened. But yeah, the left has been pushed out because look, they, they you know, if, if I were leftist in Israel, I would fucking get the hell out of there and move to Berlin. I mean, you have you you can get a European <laughs> passport very easily. There's a lot of avenues for you to it's go. Full because, circle, going back to Germany. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go like the Germany where things are safe. <laughs> Berlin's also no Germany's horrible too. But my friend Ronnie Barkin, who is an anti-Zionist Israeli leftist, he just said the left is squandered. It's it's squash. He said you can even look you know look at the people protesting the latest massacre i mean that's the left and it's not enough of a left to change society from within hence why bds is necessary it's like you know white white people in apartheid south africa didn't just wake up one day and be like you know what we're actually just gonna not be racist anymore so it really no matter what the left thinks in israel ultimately it can't it's not enough yeah yeah, I will, just, well, I I just want to push back a little bit. Go okay? for it on everything you've you've all been saying. You've been you know sound very reasonable, very woke. But I I, I just saw this post by you know one of our wokest comedians. Pop, <laughs> there is Sarah Silverman. Um, <laughs> okay, for all interested in Israel pa- Palestine, it's a must read um, from tabletmag.com. Thirteen oh, no. inconvenient truths about what's happening in Gaza. And I just want to ask... Tablets. Yes, tabletmagazine.com. Not at all a hilariously racist magazine that has somehow so become respectable in like like they used to post like shit like um you can't let the palestinians you know take credit for the black struggle and stuff they had like this black woman who would post about like black lives matter when that was first starting like and use that as a pivot to like attack palestinians and black people who were trying to you know reach across uh, across the seas to unite the oppressions and tablet is embarrassing jewish journal is embarrassing Uh, all these american jewish publications are have for the last five to ten years been shifting so fucking hard to the right the ben shapiro it, 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 it is american jews have a history in this country of being left of center and it, it it frightens me to my core to see what's happening to my own goddamn communities. Uh, it hurts, like on a personal level, it does. And like I've been sort of shy about talking about this before, yeah. but you but know, I'm, fuck it. But well, thank you for talking about it, man. I mean, it, it that's what we need to do. Yeah, um, yeah. because I bet you so many other people Sarah agree Silverman with thing. you. Seriously, so many people probably agree with you, and they feel the same way. 
Sarah Silverman sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? I actually do like Silver, Sarah, I like Sarah Silverman. Silverman. I love Jesus' magic. I think I she's just... one of these ones that like majorly had her brain broken by this election. I mean, like, oh, yeah. the show, oh, the like, totally. I love you America show is just like, it is a hundred percent just those segments where someone goes to like Trump country and like treats them like little cartoon characters, you know, under the auspices of like, we need to come together or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, did like, you know Trump supporters like eating eggs and yeah. like having and it's also very funny. It's like and it's like I went to Trump country to like find out what these people like. I'm like, no, you went for like six hours with a camera crew yeah, and like, like an air conditioned van and shit. Like it's to like get a Tyra, television segment. Yeah, it's like when Tyra Banks pretended to be homeless for like six hours. Yeah, <laughs> or fat it's, when she pretended to be fat. For, yeah, she was like crying. Yeah. She was like, people are so mean to me. <laughs> Man. Sarah Silverman is funny, but, like, she's not a fucking pundit. Like, why did all was, these people right. become pundits? It was like when John Stossel pretended to be homeless, and he was like, you know what? Actually, capitalism's good, because even when you're homeless, you can become rich. Yeah. Like, wow, this is... <laughs> yeah. So, so here, here's a pitch that can possibly bring us all together. Okay. I love you Palestine with Sarah Silverman. <laughs> Goes to Palestine, meets actual Palestinians, and yeah. talks to them and treats them like human beings, as she did. They have um, Conan go to... Go, Conan go to the West oh, Bank. That was, you know? Oh, God, that was so disappointing. Brutal. Like, hey, at least Conan did, like, Conan actually did go, you know, and showed the apartheid Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he did. did that. But, at, but he also there. was, like, shooting golf guns with oh, yeah. the idea of... Oh, yeah. Netanyahu, he's, like, yeah. sleeping in his bed. You're like, whoa, oh, you're man. really close. It is weird. <laughs> like, Abby... How did you even get uh, involved in the left? How did you started getting smeared as an agent of of the Kremlin and Venezuela and all of that? Well, just uh, how'd you get started? So I got started as a freshman in college when the Iraq War was happening. I mean, we were we were already in Afghanistan, full fledged. We were the post nine eleven hysteria, and everyone was swept up into this madness. And then all of a sudden, the news just switched to talking about Saddam. And I was like, "Wait, did, did we get bombed again, <laughs> like by Iraq this time?" And I was just so so perplexed. But at the time, it it really takes a long time. You were speaking earlier about like it takes a long time to grasp, you know, and to develop your ideology. So it started off just strictly anti-war activism. I was still kind of swayed um, mistakenly by like Ron Paul. I thought, you know, I didn't, I didn't really understand the economics behind imperialism, let's just say until mm -hmm. later on. So it took a couple years. I mean, I, 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 it took a couple years coming from anti-war activism until, um, and, until where I am today. Um, but, but honestly, just, just reading, I mean, reading Chomsky, Zinn, Chalmers, Johnson, really getting a grasp on how, how the U S has affected the rest of the world and really what capitalism has done to subjugate humanity and really put a boot on tens of millions of people. Um, but, but obviously, you know, meeting Mike Preisner, my partner, who's also a, a card carrying commie helped <laughs> a lot. Um, but, but honestly, I mean, getting into RT and, and, then being able to do that show and really just talk about issues that were underreported by the corporate media. And then by proxy, you're just called a Kremlin agent and a Putin stooge. Right, right. right. Um, and and Lee, Lee really talked about that with us as well. And then we also talked to a guy named Michael Saba. And the consensus we, we've had is that RT leaves you alone and yeah. CNN does not. <laughs> exactly. They, they let you do your work, at least. I read an article in the New York Times about you. Didn't you, like, quit on air and denounce Putin because uh, they they made you not cover Ukraine or something like that? Yeah, so you burned no, this picture no, just like is... uh, Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, this is, this is how fucking crazy DC is. Really quick story. It's like House of Cards. That shit 
it has a really insane backstory. No, I did not quit on air. I mm-hmm. so really quickly, long story short, I, I um, disagreed with the coverage of the network on the incursion in Crimea. Agree or disagree with whatever the hell happened with Russia, with what Russia did. I disagreed with how the network was covering it. I felt like it was a little bit too similar to the propaganda that I saw during the Iraq War, where soldiers mm-hmm. were being greeted with flowers and fucking candy. And I was like, I don't know what the hell's going on. And then, uh, and then you look at the the other news, and it's all tanks. Invading this area. And I was like, I feel uncomfortable. I don't know what's going on yet. I need to say something. And I just went to my boss. I was like, I'm going to speak about this. Here's what I'm going to say. I I showed him what I was going to say. He was like, all right. He's like, if you feel like you need to do that, go ahead. I said a piece that became viral. Um, One of my colleagues there at the net. Oh, not only did it become viral, but it all of a sudden started giving us credibility, right? Because Mm. all of a sudden you have anchors that can speak about Putin, that can talk about Russia, that really did have apparently complete editorial freedom where they're just able to say whatever they want about their own network. So that really put RT in a spotlight that was not good for a lot of like neoconservatives and these think tanks that were already trying to discredit RT and essentially shut it down in a lot of ways. So what happened? Well, one of my colleagues there, a girl named Liz Wall, who was completely apolitical. I was actually acquaintances with her. Um, She literally never really had a political bone in her body. She had worked there twice as long as I. All of a sudden, the next day or the day after I did what I did, she takes it one step further and quits on air. I cannot work for this Putin propaganda network. All of a sudden, you guys, she started going around on this preset media tour that Ah. night, just straight out of the straight out of the gates. And who was she with? Jamie fucking Kerchick, little Mr. chipmunk T. boy. Uh, Mr. Chipmunk, Mr. Chipmunk fucking all of a sudden, <laughs> what came out? Was that his think tank, which was Bill Crystal's think tank, the rebranding of the PNAC after 9-11, that, that mm-hmm. Bush neoconservative think tank, mm-hmm. rebranded itself into a think tank called the Foreign Policy Initiative. And Jamie Kirchick was his little henchman. He literally went to Liz Wall, told her, pull the trigger. You got to discredit Abby and you have to be like the per. So she fucking threw me under the bus. She started calling me crazy. Her and Jamie went on this media tour to be like, Abby's insane. I'm like, I'm really speaking for how fucking crazy RT is. So it was a huge, it was actually like a stunt. It was a coup essentially orchestrated by neoconservatives to discredit what I did and to laud Liz Wallace somehow the hero at the end of the day. Unfortunately, she was too dumb. So the second she wasn't (laughs) getting directions and you could see these interviews where she goes around on Neil Cavuto and stuff. She's literally reading from notes um, because Jamie Kerchick did this for her before she even quit on air. The think tank tweeted, everyone tune into RT, something big's about to happen. Like it was just all orchestrated. But of course, you know, no one knows this backstory. And so it really did a lot of damage because they know what the fuck they're doing. Mm -hmm. By the way, like this, this kind of propaganda was used during the invasion of Iraq with Al Jazeera. People, people forget that the U.S. not only bombed Al Jazeera, but spread throughout the states through Fox News and also through CNN, that Al Jazeera was essentially an Al-Qaeda. This was the channel where you go to watch the beheadings. That's what I remember about Al Jazeera as a case. Yeah. Laden, the terrorist network. They even spent millions of dollars. Some con man, this is in James Risen's book, Pay Any Price, or I, uh, that book or another one, but he tells this amazing story that after 9-11, some fucking con artist in like Las Vegas convinced the U.S. government to pay him 
millions of dollars because he claimed that he was able to decode Al Qaeda. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the bottom like l- cryon of of Al Jazeera, which was obviously never happening. <laughs> <laughs> and so we oh, yeah. have spent that's, that's we've the subsidized best, that's the this guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, I'm still still decoding this, you guys. Ten years later, I swear we're getting some messages. <laughs> I mean, you just can't make it up. Uh, yeah. So good. Um, and a- Abby, I do want to point out, like, this this isn't just like think tanks coming after you. Like, a, uh, I, when I first uh, I met you at a K Halper taping that you were at, this was like two weeks after like the U.S. government um, put out a report, basically saying like that your show like helped swing the election in Donald Trump. Trump's favor, wow. like you're a part of RussiaGate, and right. I talked to you about it, and you seem uh, very surprised about how much power you apparently um, have in politics. <laughs> well, that's that's the problem with this whole RussiaGate narrative. There, there is some truth to obviously like Russia doing shit online, like with For trolls sure. or whatever. But the thing is, it's so all encompassing and so broad that it really could mean anything. And so when I bring up to people who just believe, you know, Russia is why Trump is in office. And I'm like, do you realize that I was actually a reason why, you know, <laughs> as part of this grand thing? And they're like, what the fuck? So, I mean, we were all waiting with bated breath for this DNI report to come out, which is allegedly representing, you know, 17 intelligence agencies. And so um, I, I read the report and I was stunned that more than half of it, I think three quarters was just a crude analysis of RT programming, including zeroing in on my show as quote, fomenting radical discontent. Mm. My show had ended two years before the election <laughs> even began. <laughs> like that's insane. And and then when you look at what the show was, because it talks about the content, right? And it analyzes what the actual radical discontent was being fomented and what subject matter, not Putin, not Russia, not whitewashing any war crimes from that region of the world. No, just talking about Occupy Wall Street fracking poverty, that's sowing discord. Talking about those issues is actually traitorous um, and acknowledging the facts about our reality is Russian warfare. So it was stunning. I mean, and what was even more stunning is seeing, and you guys obviously see how corporate media acts. I mean, they all just repeated Mm -hmm. it saying this was a slam dunk. And it's like, what Mm -hmm. actually was in the report though? The what, memory, is that, what are yeah. you saying about this? I, well, here's what's so bizarre is the question is like, is this just like a lazy contractor just like right. writing something up to, to, to make it uh, home or is, uh, how many of these smear like when you have campaigns are actually do. coordinated like because like they're just trying to get something written at all? Because if that, did, that doesn't even seem like a, uh, I mean, it is a smear obviously, but it also like, if it's so it's easy, lazy. Poke, it's yeah. lazy, it's lazy, right. dude. It's and like, by the way, it's the, like the memory, yeah. the memory, it's like, holding it's like of, if somebody asked me to make a report about, <laughs> like, and I'd be like, uh, it's probably Watch a Russian for a couple TV hours. channel. Fuck. I don't know. Like here it is everybody. Uh, the, the memory holding of Occupy by corporate America will never not make me angry. It was the moment right. that I turned on Obama when I started uh, meeting very, very, very kind and sweet, but very dumb people who ended up supporting Trump uh, for Occupy. And then I, I, from Occupy, it did not surprise me because, like, I, I remember people like Cassandra Fairbanks and stuff like and, and people like them. Were, maybe they were always narcs and maybe they were always bad. But there were a lot of, like, really good and smart anti-war activists who were part of that, you know, that libertarian movement, the Ron Paul movement, and, and, and even liberals and, and anti-war was the consistent theme and anti-corporate uh, greed was a consistent theme and I remember seeing for ye- uh, you know while Occupy was happening the 
narrative from CNN was, we don't know what they want. We don't know what they want, and we got to bust them up. And then Obama did. He busted them all up at once. And then we just never talked about any of this again. That was it. It went away from the public consciousness, and it always made me angry. Yeah, well, and it I, always does. I think the people like Cassandra Fairbanks were always really fucking dumb, just grifter nobodies. And yeah. she was not, not even around during Occupy. She just grifted the fuck out of whatever the hell was, you know, now she's just uh, on the beat of Gateway Pundit, which is vile. But I think that people like that, I mean, I agree with you that, that there was a time where there was more of like a bridge um, where it seemed like the anti-imperialism and anti-war was the driving narrative that was uniting a lot of these people. And instead, it just under Trump, I don't know what the fuck. I feel like I'm living in the twilight zone where, you know, we're in this t- era of mass hallucinations where yeah. it's either the Russia stuff or this Trump sycophantic worshipping from people mm-hmm. like that you're talking about. Like people that I knew 10 years ago who were anti-war activists who are now Trump bootlickers because they've fucking convinced themselves that somehow Trump's fighting the goddamn deep state. Yeah, I mean, I feel so like crazy. I'm like talking to crazy people. I, I, I There's a part of me that, that, that like understands that anger. I think I had like this two week period, like after, uh, you know, the, the Democrats screwed over Bernie oh. Sanders that I was like for two, like two weeks, I was like, maybe I should, you know, maybe I should. Or even I know a couple people that voted for Trump like, because they thought it'd be funny or whatever. And, like, I don't really, like, if you're in California, it doesn't bother me, obviously. But, like, yeah, the fact that there are, like, legitimate supporters of Trump that came out of these anti-war movements. Like, how how did, did the, when, when I, I blame liberals, truthfully, right. more than right. anybody else. I do. Because I feel like the liberals scrambled their brains and they managed to somehow conflate social progressive social progressivism with being pro-war when you have pink air force bombers for breast cancer <laughs> flying over uh, fucking fallujah i don't even know what the fuck's going on anymore i think well, it might that, even be simpler i think it might even be simpler than that it's just like brand right you you like with obama especially he printed it like not a political vision really not a political structure but like a brand of hope and change and people signed up for the obama brand because it stood for what they cared about and then trump sold the brand too and bernie he sold the brand too Mm -hmm. and hillary clinton she never really came up with her brand but she (laughs) tried to sell one and so moving between one and the other is not like you not you don't sit down and write okay these these are the political positions this person believes in and these are the political positions this person believes in and i'm gonna choose this person or that person no you just pick the brand that you liked and yeah I, i like i literally still follow uh, a black guy, but young black guy who was super Bernie guy, super Bernie. But then he went like full MAGA after uh, after Bernie got screwed, and like I just to keep up with like all the alt right stuff and all that bullshit, just to kind of get a glimpse into their world. And he's very much in that world. But then whenever Bernie says something good, he'll still post Bernie. Like he, yeah. like he has no political like. <laughs> like it's not an ideology. It is just like I like this guy and I like this guy and the, p- most. people People aren't actually thinking in the left, center, right paradigm at all. And it's right. something, it gets very, uh, Which, and sorry, well, I, I, I interrupted I, you, Abby, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say a couple of things. I mean, I think you have to be at this point in his presidency comfortable with racism and bigotry at the very yeah. least. I mean, I, I can see why people voted for him initially. It was a big fuck you to the establishment. And you had this disgusting warmongering corrupt candidate who basically embodied everything that was wrong with this country right so it was easy actually looking back i'm astounded that i actually didn't predict 
Trump winning. But but I to do. your point, <laughs> that, that's brilliant. To your point um, about the liberal, like the liberal elites and and this whole warmongering, like part of their brand. I totally agree, and it and it really tugs at the heartstrings of like the liberal mentality. On the one hand, you have Republicans unabashed ex- they say exactly who they are they want war they want na- you know they want to do all this shit and they're crazy the liberals on the other hand say well we need to do something right like people are <laughs> suffering in Syria so that therefore we need to bomb so they 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 tug on liberals like Right. senses of morality, but, but then use it to basically be like, let's go commit more, more atrocities because right. we need to do something. Right. <laughs> like that's the whole crux of, of what like Bill Crystal and, and, and Robert Kagan and all these kind of intellectual fathers of, of neoconservatism do. They've, they, they've rebranded it to make it seem like a humanitarian mission or neoliberalism. Oh, so I mean. funny. David yeah. Frum yeah. is yeah, the yeah, nice yeah. guy, yep. the compassionate yeah. conservative. <laughs> yep. yep. And, now but, it's but, all compassionate. But that also goes back to what I think is, is you know, probably led to your disillusionment with, like, the Ron Paul libertarian movement right. is that they are anti-war. They are, like, for the most part, socially as liberal as your typical liberal. Like, they may not – they're usually not as racially conscious, but they are <laughs> – like, they, they, they tend to have, like, an understand – under basic understanding of, like, well, that's not cool. That said – uh, what it, what it boils down to is like you can't get them to talk about power without them just uh, you know you want to end uh, this war all they think about is well we need to make the government smaller how is that going to end a fucking war <laughs> dude for real no that that was actually I, when Peter Joseph like explained to me why libertarian is nonsense libertarianism is nonsense it like yeah. stuck with me forever the way that he explained it was so simple he's just like look um, it's basically it's small tyrannies that have no constitution and no democracy whatsoever. So we're just going to relinquish more power to small tyrannies that mm-hmm. have no fucking morality and can, and, yeah. and if you have one dissenting board of director, they're going to get X'd out immediately because profit at the end of the day is literally the only thing driving these companies. So, yeah. and, and also look at the last 30 years. That's all we've been doing is deregulating and, and right. shrinking the size of government. Like I don't understand these anarcho capitalists, like, like people just living in a delusional mindset that they think, oh, we've never seen true capitalism. It's like, dude, look around, baby. Capitalist as it gets. Like, oh my god. We've never so, seen true capitalism. Yeah, yeah, but, 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 but Venezuela is socialist. But that's that's true socialism right there. It's like, give me a break, man. Yeah, I was gonna say that uh, uh, you know, with with some of this thing about everyone's like memories being so short about politics, this doesn't apply. To the actually smart, you know, people who actually have like ideologies that you guys are talking about. But I think a lot of people, uh, their first, uh, uh, their only political thoughts were about like TV shows getting canceled for, for many, many years. Like I look back and I'm like, Family Guy, Arrested Development, like when Conan got moved, those were like political movements. And so I think a lot of people only care about politics now that a TV show was elected president. Like I think that we're, it's a confusing time to uh, talk about politics because a lot of people are just, uh, uh, upset about entertainment news, basically. Right. It's like half of these people are just reading Alan Sepinwall style recaps and like <laughs> commenting about that. Like, this is just like, man, this like episode of the White House is really crazy. Like, we'll tune in next week. And then the other half are actually trying to figure out what the hell's going on, and you just yeah. get mixed up in the in the theater. Yes. Yeah, speaking, but speaking of TV shows that have been canceled, or in this case, almost de facto canceled. Abby, your show, The Empire Files, is currently on that high hiatus, and um, I was shocked when you when I heard the reason. So, could you please tell our listeners why The Empire Files is on a break right now? 
Sure. So what I was just saying about RT, you know, how the government basically has been working underhandedly to try to shut down RT mm-hmm. without overtly doing it. You know, the FAR registration, the incessant propaganda. With Telesaur, it's been a lot more under the radar. Um, of course, they've never really said anything publicly about Telesaur, but they have, you know, YouTube has has um, enlisted measures to say, you know, it's funded by Latin American government. Yeah, okay, that, I've that's seen those thing. lately. Um, but, but, but then the sanctions, you guys. The sanctions are so debilitating. Even before um, the election, they were already very severe, and it took months to transfer anything in another country. After the election, so the crime of having an election, right, um, has has basically enlisted the U.S. empire to slap more, um, just exacerbate these sanctions even more. And so we actually can't get paid. Um, they have they have made it virtually impossible um, to pay anyone outside of Caracas. Um, and they make it seem like, oh, this is just affecting like a couple elite, elite people in the government. No, obviously not. Sanctions are an act of war for a reason. <laughs> they hurt the most vulnerable communities. They restrict medicine, food coming in, and also things like this, where now Telesaur actually might eventually be be disbanded if it keeps going down this road. <laughs> And that's that, and because Telesaur is a huge threat as well, even though it's not as prominent as, let's say, RT, it's still a thorn in the side of the establishment. This is a perfect way for them to essentially cut, cut it from the knees without making a big hubbubaloo out of it. It's shocking. It's, it's really shocking. Uh, it's, what I'm shocked by is that you get paid to do shows. That uh, we don't get. That over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a I'm just a stooge for Maduro, man. I mean, I love this too because because here's Telesaur. It's literally funded by six Latin American countries, but because we also are leftists and sympathize with the Bolivarian Revolution, that means that we must be paid to lie yeah. and and we're paid propagandists. It's like, dude, I you have no idea. We sell the show to them. Like we could. Just upload anything that we wanted to. We could have uploaded a 30-minute hit piece on Chavez and just uploaded it straight to the channel. We have no one above us telling mm-hmm. us to do anything at all. So it's just offensive yeah. Um, because, yeah, I mean, it, again, the editorial freedom is is beyond anything that I think anyone experiences at corporate media. Well, and you, you'd think that uh, given it, – it's very funny to me that uh, – these free speech warriors yes. on the right over the past few years have. T- I, I've been arguing for a long time that the left needs to to find some free speech fights of their own and and take that back as a way to get normies more interested in the left is because normies look at free speech and go ooh, ooh catnip like period it's just Americans think like that and I and I do think like in general like being like free speech is bad doesn't actually work that said these right wing assholes who have stolen the free speech fight. Never, ever, 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 ever care about the free speech of people being censored because of corporate censorship. And they never care about people being censored because they're saying things that that, that they don't want to hear. So it's just they're full of shit. You know, they they actually they don't cared, care about free speech. They yeah, just care at all. about like getting speaking gigs. Like honestly, right. like these are people making like a million dollars a month on Patreon and shit. Like their their free speech oh, yeah. is fine. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. I wish I had so much fucking free speech uh, impl- uh, problems. You know what I yeah. mean? Like no, I, I, love how, I love how they're like people don't like my ideas because I'm, you know, they say racist, horribly offensive shit. And they're like, I'm being stifled because it's right. like, no, society has already debunked this a hundred years ago. Right. Like, but And you know what? If, if, if you have enough money, you can get away with saying fucking awful shit anyway. Right. Like, yeah. exactly. like, and, uh, it, 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 and to, to get, uh, piggyback on that, I, I've noticed that like, there aren't a bunch of journalists 
rallying to your defense after defense right. after years right. and years of attacks. And I actually want to point out one, you know, really notable, credible journalist, um, political reporter, pundit, um, comedian, um, <laughs> Michael Ian Black. <laughs> Who really, sharp really went after you. Uh, that was amazing, man. We got to make like a Michael Ian Black compilation. Yeah, he is we a listener. Of, he is a listener of the show. Uh, well, he retweeted the show. Um, fan of the show. I don't, loves the show. We made fun of him. But if, if, you, if you're finally ready to answer to him, whether answer his question, whether you're allowed to criticize Putin or not, um, if you want to do that now, you can go ahead. Well, I, you know, I told him that I actually did, and I'm sure he saw the clip, but he just couldn't wrap his mind around that. So he started digging into my past and finding every video that I've ever done and everything I've ever said, and he just would not let it go. I thought that he had a family and children and stuff and a job. This you is know, more important. In Hollywood, do. that's not like something that people really like worry that much about. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, he has he has nannies. You know, I'm yeah. sure that he he was able to just invest literally a week of his entire life trolling me. I was in Colombia doing reporting. I was with the FARC while I you know I'd go back to the hotel and I'd be like, wow, Michael Ian Black was on Twitter all day just harassing me um, because I pissed him off because he basically called out Lee Camp um, with another co- Comedy Central writer saying, you know. Oh, Putin kills journalists. Like, are you going to, you know, denounce Putin and call out his war crimes? And I was just like, wow, that's weird. I was like, you know, as far as I can remember, The Daily Show has just been like literally laid down like a carpet for war criminals. I was like, Lee has actually <laughs> never done that. And they fucking just lost their shit, man. Michael Ian Black, um, I remembered when I was at RT at the beginning, he came on with Megan McCain. Um, he is the quintessential liberal where they they actually right. wrote a book together talk about yeah. you know the serious they yeah. they, they're just trying to bridge that gap Let, yeah. let's give a space for crazy warmongering psychopath racists like Megan yeah. McCain and her family and then these normie liberals like Michael and Black let's see how we can bridge that divide and so <laughs> that was the book the that they HBO made. documentary about how great John McCain was and how much we'll all oh, miss God. him the maverick oh, is he dead already did did he's no no it's oh, god damn it no but we've we've <laughs> The whole year since he announced he was dying has been an obituary. Yeah, MSNBC <laughs> did a documentary for him. They did like a Sunday night special before um, lockup where all the people who are in jail because John, uh, all those bills John McCain voted for are, are exploited and shown. They um, showed a documentary about how great John McCain is on the liberal network. I'm like. Oh, man. I really also liked your Diane Feinstein tweet because I've been punching the walls for the past couple oh of days. Oh, my God. What yeah. the fuck is wrong with California? I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I mean, man, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. I get sucked into this shit every time, even though I still voted third party other than other than the Senate race. I mean, it really is disheartening. I think that we're so conditioned, man. It's the party recognition. It's the reptile yeah. brain that's been activated under Trump where Democrats are just taking their marching orders from the party because they got to, you know, vote out the Republicans. And and then you have all the split where even DSA, I was really surprised, DSA Voter Guide didn't endorse any socialist candidates. And for the Dianne Feinstein race, they just said, don't vote for Dianne Feinstein. It's like, well, are right. you going to endorse someone? I mean, there's fucking like 30 candidates here. Are the left, is just? are we just going to split up all of our votes? And of course, Feinstein's going to take away if we do this to each other. So we just 
we eat each other alive. You know, I think that the left is so sectarian where you look at the right and there's just such a fucking big tent where they got yep. pedophiles in there. They got, yep. you know, like, well, I mean, it's so funny. It's like, I, I think about this crazy. all the time that like, you know, anyone on the right who like ever says anything controversial or catches any kind of shit immediately gets a book deal, speak right, 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 or right. like appearances on Fox news. But if you're anywhere further left than like Anderson Cooper, they, they want to destroy you from in the center to center left. Like you can be expected to never, uh, uh appear or be heard on anything um, exactly. anyway the only silver lining i can see about this california thing is that only 20 percent of people voted so most people just <laughs> didn't vote so that's yeah, good right. i guess <laughs> the turn it's not, even, that, it's not it's a lot the, of people the blue puddle for. yeah the blue puddle's coming everybody <laughs> it's good she's 84 you know i mean they, we we want an 84 year old i i guess who uh <laughs> and then obama came down and endorsed her so i oh, guess that great. was a wrap because yeah. uh california is so in love with obama Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, um, especially now he's going to be a job creator here with his uh, scripted Netflix series. And, I think. Uh, that, oh God, yeah, I can't wait to watch his fucking Netflix show. Give me a goddamn <laughs> break. Um, I, you know, the the Dianne Feinstein thing is really funny too because I think that if the majority of people actually just heard the issues, they'd be like, "Of course, I don't want to vote for her." No one has any clue what the hell she's for because she couches all her all her rhetoric and like I'm for affordable health care, you know, I'm right. for this and that. And, and then access you realize, to affordable. Yeah, access to affordable. That's the key. Access mm-hmm. to affordable health care. But no, not for single payer. She she even supported the death penalty vehemently until this year. This year, randomly, she was like, you know what? I actually don't support the death penalty anymore. It's like, wow, great. Thanks for bending on this one issue after living on this earth for 80 fucking four years. I was going to say, so many people uh, uh, change their opinions on things at 83 years old. That's typically the time when uh, you're like open to new ideas and shit. That's when the evolving happens. (laughs) That's your formative years of just political fiction right there. It's just a disgrace. Yeah, so speaking of changing minds. Minds and changing hearts. Abby Martin, you have been doing a lot of good work on the mm-hmm. Joe Rogan show. Your last appearance with him got a million views. Um, that's yeah. a million like more than like any other leftist <laughs> can get yeah. anywhere else in media. So what's it like and why does he keep inviting you on and why do the fans keep seeing so receptive of him? Because he is... He had he like he has on like right wingers and Jordan Peterson and he's one of these like apolitical rich guys for the most part yeah. like like mostly just leaning towards like leave me and my money alone type thing but like why does why does Joe keep of course you're great but why is he what does he get out of having you on and what are his listeners getting out of uh, hearing you. So I think that Joe well first of all we're we're friends and that helps but I think that. It, look, it's a business like any other one, you know, and he and the controversy is good for him. That's why he just had Candace Owens on, which was amazing because she has never looked so dumb. Like I actually, <laughs> you know, you see her when she's trained with Charles Kirk on how to um, basically denigrate African-Americans. Um, and, and that's really tightly wound. And then you see her just let loose for three hours and you're like, holy shit, you are so dumb as rocks. It's really <laughs> painful to listen to you. So in a way, it, I, I appreciate the show because it really reveals these people for who they are. But you're right. I mean, it has elevated really dangerous people like Jordan Peterson and, and Sam Harris to a certain extent. But in terms of having me on, I think he got so much hate and love from Palestinians, from Muslims, from um, Arab Americans after the last time I was on, the time before, I mean, when I first talked about my experience in Palestine. And so even though he got a lot of hate 
and stand with us going back to that organization. They tried to mm-hmm. um, threaten him with a lawsuit and stuff and sent him all these emails and did a whole campaign. For having you me. on? Wow. Yeah, to try to smear me. Why do they me. do that? What they're they're nuts. Think they're doing? The, but, the um, two people they brought up, by the way, just to bring you back to that, it was Allison Weir and uh, and uh, Norman Finkelstein. Those were the two academics that kept getting brought up. But that was like ten years a, ago. How is Norman, Finkel, Norman Finkelstein? Come on, what has he what has he done wrong? I don't know. Those are the two guys. Um, That's just I was seventeen. <laughs> so, I, so I think that Joe, you know, even though he saw all of that blow up, and even though a lot of his audience hates me with a passion because I there are a lot of right wingers, um, he still saw the the opportunity of bringing me back on to appease. Cause like people were writing every day being like, bring Abby back on to talk about Palestine. And he sees that, you know, he sees that. And so I think mm-hmm. he just, he realized that it was good for a large portion of his audience that really is a really, really wanting that kind of content. And it's never really no skin off his back because he does this every day to, to have me on. And, and it really, it, it was so amazing you guys, because the last time I was on, um, I, you know, I made sure to bring it up again. Obviously it was really good timing because it was right during the great March of return protests and subsequent massacre. And Joe, like his mind was blown. He's followed up with me multiple times yeah. after that. And he's like, I'm never looking at this issue the same way again. I mean, he's really involved now. He's reading all the news about it. So it really That's good. helped. And, and he, and I've gotten like half the amount of hate that I did the first time I went on from um, right-wingers and Israelis about that issue because again like you were saying it's getting harder and harder to defend and argue for and so I think it was just the perfect storm it was like I went on at the perfect time but look it's not easy to go on that show mm-hmm. yeah and it's really not easy you and expose I expose yourself to a lot oh. of very oh. fast instant feedback oh it was very 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 um, tough and you know one of the times that I went on there and and I took a photo of me wearing a shirt that said fuck Chris Kyle and wow that was um, <laughs> that was a mistake <laughs> that was uh, been through a lot uh, I experienced the white ISIS here in this country but um, no I mean I, I think that he 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 sees the the merit of it and 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 he's and I think that he he's thankful for it. But yeah, I mean, it, it's unfortunate that he doesn't have on more left wingers, and and I wish that he did because it would be. Um, hey, I've been I, I'm I got high with him once. Tell him to bring me on. <laughs> <laughs> I think what we need to do if we if we want the left to be better represented on Joe Rogan, uh, the left needs to get more into DMT. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm exactly. down for some spear marks. All right, so uh, we we are we are a geek show, Abby. Mm-hmm. We're 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 super uh, we're gamer Americans. We 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 are always watching movies and shows. What are, are you are you into anything right now? Are you watching anything? <laughs> um, you yes. Any games? Yeah. So I'm I'm into really into Saga, the comic book series. Oh, cool. The most amazing drawings I think yeah. out of. Almost any comic series I've ever read. Fiona like, Staples I'm just is great. So fascinated with that. I um, so I'm really, really into that. I'm really into Paper Girls. Um, and in terms of TV shows, Legion. I'm a little bit disappointed with the second season, but Legion is incredible. If anyone's really interested, <gasps> my dad in just really, told me I gotta oh, dude, watch you Legion. You fucking have to, and you have to watch watch the first season. It'll blow your goddamn mind. Just the quality that's put into this show. It's so like. I don't know. It's really film esque. Yeah, it looks it's cinematic. It's better than uh, it's better very than uh, your typical yes. what you'd imagine an X Men show to be. Yes, very much so. Very much so. Yeah, and then I in terms of books, Annihilation. Um, even though the movie wasn't oh. very good, the oh, you didn't like is, the movie, dude. Oh, it's only because I read the book. Yes, it's only because I read the book. <laughs> okay, the book is 
epic for it's nature horror it's like weird horror and the way that this guy describes nature john vander vandermeer the way that he describes nature is unlike anything i've ever seen so i if anyone's really into that kind of stuff please because i I didn't read fiction for the longest time because i was like there's so much stuff to learn yeah how can i waste time doing this and then once you read it you're like wow i have been um in a really horrible state like preventing yeah. me from getting access to this because it helps your vocabulary. It helps your mm-hmm. imagination. It's just and like you do so learn good. Stuff from it, yeah. frankly. And you like, learn stuff. There, there are things to learn about like what's happening in the world yeah. based on like the art that's being created in the exactly. world at this time. I was on the same thing as you are where I wasn't reading any fiction until I, my brain just broke. Please just let me read about dinosaurs and shit again. <laughs> like, see, that's, I spent my entire life escaping from the real world and only reading and in engaging in fiction and then like a few years ago i like was like oh like i like uh don't know how to function so (laughs) and but now but now after a few years of being in the uh being only reading nonfiction, i like want to go back i'm like oh like take take me back to pretend things (laughs) Uh, this is all bad (laughs) well well i do don't want to disappoint you but i I read the whole trilogy of annihilation and it's basically yeah and it's basically about how um don't tell me. Wait, don't tell I, me. Don't spoil I'm it. I'm not going to spoil, spoil it. I'm not going to spoil okay. it. I feel like it's a joke. I, I'm not going to spoil it, but I will say that if you want to escape the real world, Annihilation is not good, okay? Because it's starting <laughs> from the beginning, from the first novel, it's basically like a, a climate change metaphor. It's like there's this uh, area of the earth that basically just is destroy. it preserves life but destroys hu- human life. And it's might may or may not be our fault. Um, and there's almost and we don't understand it. And there's nothing we're doing to effectively to stop it. We basically just have like this group of like soldiers and scientists who are all like shitty bureaucrats trying to fight it. And they're underfunded, understaffed. And basically, oh, that's much different than the movie already. Yeah, like the the bo- movie and the book have nothing to do with each other. Like uh, the movie, the, the zone is like you know, like it's it's like from Stalker or something. It's very Russian cinema, like uh, avant garde surrealist body horror Cronenberg stuff. I I, I love the hell. Out yeah, of it. so it, it's it, it's it had there's some elements of that in the book, but it's very different. Like there's almost no connection between the book and the movie. Apparently, the director, I think it was Alex Garland. He said he read the book once and then uh, wrote the script for it, and that was it. Like he didn't he didn't really uh, go back to it or anything like that. Oh wow, huh. that's really weird. Garland, I mean, I really loved Ex Machina. Uh, uh, and I, I, and, and, uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, I really didn't like Ex Machina. Like, the more I think really? about it, the more I hated it. Because everybody <laughs> loved it so much. Everybody was like, oh, it's so great. It's so No, I, I really couldn't stand it. <laughs> All right, I'll leave that one alone. <laughs> so what, what do you... What do, um what do you got uh, next going on, Abby? You have any uh, anything that we should be taking a look at while What's you? What's your next uh, propaganda have... effort? <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, I don't know if you guys saw the John Oliver piece on Venezuela, but he committed an entire episode just with the mm. most egregious mm. misinformation and essentially lies. And remember, like he's the good one. For... Everyone, and he's yeah. the good one. Everyone. And so, and and so, Mike, my partner, and who we do Empire Files together, he just he just busted out this epic takedown that just eviscerates him. So I encourage everyone to watch that. But as far as Empire Files, we just did a, an episode about um, trans, the state of trans rights under the Trump administration, 
you know, it's really unbelievable how much transphobia there is. And until we put this episode out, I, I, you know, you, you, you don't see it because you don't really surround yourself with like transphobes until you maybe put content on online and you're like, holy shit, this is really bad when people Mm -hmm. are like, oh, they want special rights. It's like, no dude, there's like discriminatory laws all over the country that prevent trans people from getting like, like equal housing and jobs. Like, do you realize what's going on? And Trump has just destroyed. He's, he's like literally just destroyed dozens of laws and protections for trans people across the country that were meagerly put in by the Obama administration. Yeah. One of the few good things Obama did. And, and, and and just like everything Obama did, uh, Trump managed to undo it all in a fucking year. (laughs) In a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. In a blink of an eye. How much power you know should the executive branch have where you can just literally undo like the last 30 years of of every good wait thing, i thought you know? when, when obama was president i thought the executive branch couldn't do anything yeah yeah is that funny but, um so so we're doing we did that and then i just did an episode about the columbia election where i confronted this crazy fascist in in the government who who loves paramilitary death squads and i was talking to him about that so that's a good one but coming up we have a lot um in mind that is if, if we can get the show uh, back in order, but yeah, a lot, lot coming up We're we have a lot on the horizon, man. So definitely stay tuned. The empire files.tv. And also I do a podcast with my brother, Robbie at um, media roots, right? And here. it's very, very good. Everyone um, oh, thank you. check it out. Um, Abby's great. Robbie's great. Um, really. Uh, and also check out his uh, doc- document. What's the name of his documentary? Oh, a very heavy, very agenda. hairy agenda. Um, very, very good documentary. All struggle Thanks, session uh, fan listeners should check it out if you like that. Um, that Adam Curtis type uh, documentary, mm. you'll enjoy. Can we use struggleos on the air yet? Can we do that? <laughs> or I, I, I know it's from the Discord, but I really love it. That's the uh, name of our fans. Uh, apparently, <laughs> well, we'll talk we all, about we this all, do, you, do you have a, a name of your fans, Abby? Um, no, I don't. They're just Russians. Yeah, just bots. Just bots. the Kremlin is what we call them. <laughs> oh, one one uh, more thing. They, uh, they when our fans did ask us this, wanted us to ask you this: Have you played the new Doom? Dude, no. I'm all about the old shit. I can't. I can't new get Doom. into the new stuff. Play man. new Doom. Should Play I? New Doom. Yeah, yeah. it's very good. It's okay. very good. Actually. It is so good. Yeah, so go out, and buy a new a PlayStation Four, or actually a gaming PC. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's on the Switch. You probably want to get at least oh, like a two thousand dollar gaming PC. Well, remember, remember when the new Wolfenstein came out and everyone was like, "Oh my god, this is so fucked up." It's like, dude, Wolfenstein Three is all about killing Nazis. Yes. Like, where yeah. have you yes. been, man? It has Come a great on. history of uh, yeah, it's killing like, Nazis. This, oh, yeah, one new of Colossus best. is also coming out on the Switch. It's not as good as New Order, but. Yeah, Wolfenstein, New Order, and Doom 2016. Very, very cathartic. Okay, good, 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 because I, I need that, man. I need some um, sort of catharsis. Well, thank you for, for joining us. This was uh, it was uh, very cool to talk to you, and I guess. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Please come on again. We're, Please come on we again. Really yeah, yeah, yeah we'll have to have Robbie on, too. And where uh, where can people support you? Don't uh, You have a Patreon, uh, yes? I do, yeah. So, so um, Media Roots Radio on Patreon, and that's, uh, you can, you know, Donate a dollar a month or whatever, man. Beautiful. Thanks so much, you guys. It was a total blast. Thank you. Yeah, anytime. All right, you guys. Talk to you later.
like what you hear, want to hear more, check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or strugglesession.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.